Sports Radio 104.3 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. Good morning. Um, By the way, Karen and I are broadcasting live today from the shores of the Gulf of Mexico down in North Reddington Beach. I came down here to work on my ice fishing techniques, my jigging techniques, but so far the only ice I found has been in my drink, so I think I'll have to do some open water fishing. All kidding aside, we're down here taking a break before we get into the holiday season. Uh, Thank you all for listening. I hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving. I hope you ate just a little too much. And just got together with family and gave some thanks and just enjoyed the, the time off and maybe got outdoors and did something. We're going to cover a lot of ground today. We have a short show because of the uh, Ohio State-Michigan game. So we'll only be on an hour, but we're going to talk waterfall. We're going to talk boat ramps closing, getting ready for ice fishing. We're going to talk to some park events that are going on. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, some stuff up in Estes and some fly fishing, and we're going to talk some shooting sports. So we got a lot to get to, so let's go right to the phones. And joining us still back in Colorado is Brad Peterson from Brad Peterson Outdoors. Morning, Brad. Good morning, Terry. I'm on the shoreline of a duck pond this morning, not quite as uh, as warm and tropic as your location. Uh, how, speaking of being on the shore of a duck, I know we're going to talk waterfall first, but on the shore of a pond, we had a little more warm weather again down in the front range of Colorado. And then in the next few days, it's going to cool off again. Was there skim ice on the edge of those ponds? You know, this pond, I've got an ice heater running on and it's, it's keeping it open. But in the areas that doesn't have a current flow, there's about a half to an inch of ice, you know, that's still hanging on right here. So a lot of the the ponds just kind of in that whole north front range area are either skimming over or have have a little bit of ice and I think one more good cold front and and you might start seeing some ice that you could think about going out for some ice fishing. Well, we'll talk about that a little later in the segment, but right now since you're in a duck blind, uh, we're up against the se- the split, is that right? Tell us what's going on in the waterfall world. Yeah, if you're if you're hunting the northeast region, tomorrow is the closing day for the first season and for ducks and that will stay closed until December 18th. But uh, goose will be open and um the southeast portion of the state region is open for ducks throughout this closed period. So if you want to hunt waterfowl, there still are some opportunities. There definitely has been a push of birds in in the last uh, week. So I think with uh, with a little bit of a break, those birds are going to kind of get settled in, and it should make for a real good opener. The one thing that um, CPW is really putting an emphasis on for waterfowl hunters right now is there has been some cases of the, the avian flu uh, showing up in some of the waterfowl around. So if you are seeing any birds that look a little sickly or dead birds in the area, uh, don't touch them and make sure to report them to Parks and Wildlife so that they can kind of make sure to keep a good handle on what's going on. Yeah, I've read that press release. That's a great thing to bring up. One comment I want to make, and you can correct me, but I think you won't because I got the information from you. And first of all, and that's a goose hunting has been just phenomenal and should stay phenomenal. And then we had the... Um, the district wildlife manager from down in the southeast where ducks and geese are both open 
And he told me that the movement of birds into that, you know, area around uh, John Martin Reservoir and those reservoirs and the Arkansas River in that area has been phenomenal for birds this year, including a huge number of snow geese that are down there. So you're right. There are a number of opportunities uh, that will be available even when this first split closes. Yeah, that, that's true. What, what we've had is, like you said, some of our early, our Gadwall Widgeon have moved down to the southeast part of the state for ducks down there. So while the closure's up in the northeast, the southeast is going to have good opportunity. And then the Canada geese, like always, have been here thick. But, man, the number of snow geese we're seeing throughout the entire state, um, these are numbers like we normally only see during the springtime. And there are guys getting out on just some phenomenal uh, snow goose hunts. So if you're wanting to do that, it may be an opportunity to really capitalize on, you know, we might see snow geese like this once out of every 10 years in the fall. Well, you know, another great thing to bring up is we need to thin out the population of snow geese. There's so many that they're actually starting to be detrimental to the habitat and because of the numbers, they tend to spread, spread disease a little more. And there's extremely liberal limits on the snow geese. So there's nothing wrong without going without harvesting a bunch of those snow geese, right? Yeah, yeah. It actually has a, a very beneficial biological effect. They need to reduce the population size on those snow geese. So, um, you know, get out there and, and uh, enjoy it. It's, it's different than uh, the hunting the Canadian geese. But the snow geese, uh, because they come in such big flocks, and when they work in, you know, it's not uncommon to have have groups of 200 to 2,000 birds working into your decoys. And it's just a different experience and something that uh, anyone who enjoys our duck and and regular goose hunting, it's just a little bit different and worth going out and experiencing for sure. Do you set up decoys or call differently for snow, the snow or the white geese, or do you just kind of let them come in as you're hunting the, the Canada's? You know, a lot of people will do a mixture of both. If you're closer to the north, you know, the front range here, what people will do is they'll mix a few snow geese in with decoys in with their uh, Canadian spread. But if you get out further east from about Wiggins out, you can do just a pure snow goose spread and – and you'll have the, the Canada goose come in just as much as the snow goose will to the white spread. The one thing about the snow goose spread is a lot of times they're a lot bigger spreads. You know, a 1,000-plus decoys is not uncommon because they do really flock up and you really want to draw their attention. So if you don't have a lot of decoys, there are people that are doing guide trips out there, which is a way to experience it, or get a bunch of buddies together together. Rags aren't too expensive. They work good on snow geese, and you can, uh, you know, every person contribute 100 or 200 decoys to the spread and get a big enough spread to, to really be effective pretty quick. Do you call differently to snow geese? Yeah, you're going to use a, a snow goose call. It's a little bit louder, higher pitch uh, call, and the big key is, is to make a lot of noise, um, when they're on the ground, they're, they're a very vocal bird. So you really want to imitate that. So using a, a snow goose call is going to be what you're going to want to target. And there's a lot of great instructional videos online that uh, will show you how to, how to utilize one of those calls. 
All right, let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk some open and then looking forward to some ice fishing. Um, open water, a lot of the boat ramps are going to close here in just a few days. A lot of them are closing the end of November. Um, are, are the lakes that you look at still fishable from a boat? You know, um, Boyd is and uh, Chatfield, Cherry Creek, they all are fishable from a boat, but they all are going to close the last day of November. So you only have a few days left to get out there. Um, the Northeast Lakes, they're kind of iced up or so low that you can't even launch a boat out there right now. So I would stick to kind of those main bodies of water. I'm not sure about Larimer County. They kind of have a, a different setup for boat inspections. So the best thing, if you're thinking you want to get out to Horseshoe or Carter, is to contact them to figure out when their inspection hours are and when the boat ramps are open. But, and um, their boat ramps you know, may be open just a little longer than the state park ones. I, I didn't. I, I, I was lax in not checking, but just go to LarimerCounty.org and you can find that information online. Yeah, and, and to get out and do a little open water fishing, the, the water temps are in the low 40s, so the fish aren't, aren't going to be quite as aggressive. You just need to be a little bit more either using a reactionary bite uh, pattern like a, a jig and wrap or a spoon or a blade bait if you're targeting walleyes. Uh, if you're targeting largemouth, you know, a little bit slower, um, like a, um, a finesse-type rig works well at this time. But they've stocked a lot of trout in these bodies of water. So if you want to go out and catch some stocker trout, uh, trolling crankbaits, trolling little spinners, keep it up shallow in the water column, and you can catch a lot of those stockers right now. Almost all, as many as you want and have a good time. As they are. If there isn't skim ice in your way, you can actually be re- do really well from shore for these these trout right now, right now too. Not only the stock trout, which they put in, which are plentiful, but then there's holdover trout, especially in the bigger waters. And you can get some awfully nice trout, some good-sized ones, uh, the problem will be from shore is, is there going to be ice in your way, Brad, I think? Yeah, and one of the big things to avoid that is keep an eye on what's going on. It's going to be your nighttime temperatures, but also your wind. If there's if you get a good day where the wind blows and it's blowing overnight, that's going to keep that uh, ice from forming. So you're going to have a lot more open water along the shore that you can get access to. So those are the two things to really pay attention to. If you get a cold, calm night, uh, I probably wouldn't go out that morning to try to get out there. And afternoons, you're going to have a better opportunity in the afternoons once the days have warmed up to where you have a lot less of the skim ice out there. And the fish are biting just as good all day long. Oh, If you are a shore angler and you just want to catch some fish, you can go check the stocking report. In fact, go to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we put the fishing report up there uh, on, on Facebook. Scroll down to where the fishing report is. If you click on that, the stocking report is included in there. You can click to it. Find lakes that have been just recently stocked, and you'll have trouble not catching fish from shore as long as the ice isn't in your way. Let's take the ice a little further out, though. Even though it's going to be a while before you have front-range ice, um, we are seeing some opportunities in the mountains, and people are doing well. What are you hearing there? Yeah, I'm hearing that uh, from the Larimer Lakes up there in Wyoming, up up there by Laramie and uh, that area, they all have good six to eight inches of ice on them. Uh, the North Park Lakes all are kind of in that six to eight inch range again. Um, 
You've got about six inches there on the Snake River Inlet down at Dillon. Uh, Georgetown has has some good ice. And I have not talked to anyone, but I would think that red feathers, with everything else uh, frozen the way it is, red feathers should be either have, you know, right there at that three to four inches or have it here real soon. I was up at Red Feathers about a week and a half ago, and all all three of the all I I didn't couldn't drive into Bel Air, and I didn't feel like walking in. I know that's your favorite is Bel Air, but um, the other three that I could see from the road or walk to closely all had cap ice. Now I didn't go on it, but they were totally capped. So I'm sure there's people ice fishing those. But be careful this time of the year. Never assume the ice is good. Take a spud bar and check it. You know, another sleeper that I think they've stocked pretty good because they're trying to bring it back after the work might be North Michigan Reservoir, which is one you and I like that might be available. And then some of those other lakes up in Cameron, the Cameron Pass area should be good to go too. Yeah, I would think that all those Cameron Pass lakes should have plenty of ice and hopefully not too much snow to get in. Um, but yeah, that North Michigan, they're, they're going to put a lot of fish in there. And so it, it may not have some of the bigger trout, uh, relatively speaking, as it's had in the past, but there definitely is going to be some, a lot of, of catchable trout in there. And it's just a fun little lake. It's kind of tucked away. So it doesn't get the wind as bad as the red feather area and doesn't get nearly as much pressure. And it's, it's just a fun one to go to. So we're just right right there at the, the edge of the beginning of ice season coming. All right, my friend, we have to run, but um, tell people how they get a hold of you if they want to book a trip. Yeah, if you want to book a trip, you can look me up on Facebook at Brad Peterson Outdoors or give me a call at 303-829-3998. And uh, pay attention because I'll be posting some stuff on Facebook coming up about some ice fishing clinics and other stuff like that coming up in December. All right, we will talk to you. Uh, we'll see you soon, Brad. Thank you. All right, thanks, Terry. You bet, Brad Peterson. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. We're going to take you to Bar Lake, where there is so much going on, we can't even talk about it all. On Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are brought to you in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear. Uh, Jack has locations up and down the Front Range, and I tell you what, if you're looking to Christmas shop for that outdoor enthusiast in your family, whether it's gear, clothing, accessories, you just need to check out a Jack's store. Let's go to the fans, and joining us from Bar Lake is Michelle Siebert. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Terry. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm on the shores of the Gulf of Mexico and Florida working on my ice fishing. Oh, right. I told the folks earlier the only ice I can find is in my drink, so I've become, I might have to give up. So. Oh, my. <laughs> hey, speaking of water conditions, what's going on at Bar Lake? You know, we're winter filling, so it's, it's great to see the water come up already like six feet. Um, there's a little bit of skim ice, but there is still shore access. So, you know, with this warmer weather, um, you can still come out and shore fish. Well, you know, another thing, I'll, I'll share a secret with you that all of us incredible anglers know. Actually, most people know. Um, rising water actually does move fish shallow. And they, they, they tend to rise up with it because there's nutrients that are exposed, bugs, there's life in the water that gets a little bit warmer at times when the sun shines on it. 
And yet the water is cool enough this time of the year where stock trout will really be active shallow. And then other fish like perch and even walleyes and things at times will move in. So this is a great time of the year to fish from shore. And the skim ice, is the skim ice the, the whole lake or has it been spotty and then going away? So you said there are some opportunities from shore. Yeah, it's been spotty and going away. You know, we get a little wind and then the weather was nice yesterday. So there's not a lot. Yeah, you know, what it does tell us, too, that the uh, the water temperature is close enough that we get another week of cold weather and people might be venturing out on the ice there. Well, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Usually our ice season is pretty short, but. Yeah, well, well, this year is shaping up differently, but we never know. So we'll have to find out. I mean, certainly we don't want people going out and trying it until it's safe and reasonable. What else is going on at Bar Lake, though? There's no other reason to go out there, is there? Oh, right. Yes. We're always busy, Terry. So um, a couple <laughs> programs we have coming up. Uh, we have Reindeer and Princess Day tomorrow from 10 to 2. And then we have our Holiday Lighted Trail on December 17th. And we light up the, the whole trail by the Nature Center. We have Santa Claus and a chili cook-off. It's just a great way to celebrate the holiday season. And one of the big things for Bar Lake is it's eagle season. So we get a lot of wintering eagles. So it's a great time to come out and take a hike and, and look for some bald eagles. Well, my wife is always telling me to take a hike, so that might be a good place for me to go. <laughs> that could be. All right, all right, Michelle, seriously, tell me about some of these events. Reindeer and Princess, what goes on there? So um, we have Reggie the Reindeer coming down. We have Elsa and Anna. We have crafts. We have face painter. It's just a great way to get out with the family. And then you can go on a nature hike. Um, and then, you know, for people that don't know where Bar Lake is, we're in Brighton, Colorado, just um, off of I-76, 25 minutes east of Denver. So we're a quick, a quick day trip. You can come to our nature center. We have a trail that goes all the way around the lake. It's 8.8 miles. Or you can visit our archery range. Our standing range is open all year round. All right. Now, the reindeer and princess is, when is that, tomorrow? Tomorrow from 10 to 2. And then the holiday lighted trail, is that something that's ongoing? No, it's just one night. Um, it's December 17th from 6 to 9. And then what you light a trail, what happens there? How do people enjoy that? 4341? Yeah, so we um, light up the whole bridge and the Need Rock Trail, which is near the Nature Center. So you can walk out and see the beautiful lights in nature. And then come to the Nature Center, we'll have Santa Claus, crafts, and a face painter. And a chili cook-off. So, Terry, you might need to enter your best chili. Yeah, the chili cook-off sounds like a lot of fun. Do they actually cook the chili right there, or do they cook it and bring it? Do they cook it and bring it? So it's $5 to enter, and then a dollar to buy a bowl to taste them all. And it's all to benefit the Friends of Bar Lake, which is a nonprofit that supports Bar Lake State Park. And when is the chili cook-off? That's after the, the holiday night. light Yep, it's the same night as the Holiday Lighted Trail, December 17th. And that's, that's December 17th. What a day to spend yeah. the evening at Bar Lake, huh? That'd be wonderful. Yeah, it'll, hey, in the, it'll be awesome. In the meantime, uh, you have. we were just talking to Brad Peterson about waterfall hunting. You actually have waterfall hunting opportunities right at the park, don't you? We do. So on the backside of the dam, we have 14 blinds. You do have to call and make reservations. We only hunt on Wednesday and Saturdays. Um, it's a great opportunity, you know, to try with your family or little kids 
because it's not very far from Denver. And and do you just the blinds are there. There's no charge. I understand. Uh, you probably need a parks pass. But you just call and make a reservation. Do you call the park or is it online? How do you make that reservation? So you can find out information on um, the CDW webpage, but you can call and make a reservation. And you have to call and make it in 14 days in advance, or you can do it online. Okay. And uh, do they do? I would think you have a lot of geese there right now. We do, and so it's all Passover shooting. So they're flying to or from the lake. Um, they don't land there, and you're not next to the water. You're behind the dam in the field. Okay. And, you know, with, we got duck hunting goes till the middle of this week, and then it takes a break till later in December. But goose season will keep going. And there's just been an unbelievable number of geese. People are doing really well. So what a great opportunity for, like you say, novice hunters, or if you want to take a youth out for the first time and uh, and just get out there and enjoy that. Of course, you've always got birding out there. How many species of birds do you have at Bar Lake? So we've had 371 different bird species sighted at Bar Lake. And, of course, like you said, it's eagle time. What's the most eagles you've ever seen there in a year? Um, probably three years ago, we counted 116 on the ice and in the trees in one area. Isn't that amazing? You think it's not that many Years while well, it's been a few decades when eagles were protected, they're still protected because we thought they might go extinct and they have just come back and they're everywhere. When they're so, what a majestic sight to see. Michelle, we got to let you go, but it sounds like there's lots to do out of Bar Lake. You go out and get back to work and make sure you keep it going for us. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. Hey, Michelle. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, Michelle. We'll talk to you soon. Always fun to bit kibitz with you. You're a great. Great, great contributor to the show always. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. You bet. Michelle Siebert, fun person. I love the kibitz with her. I'll tell you what, folks. As far as somebody that has something going at a park all the time, she works. Michelle's the manager of Bar Lake State Park, and we give her credit sometimes. And sometimes we give her a hard time. But she is always like this this uh, reindeer and princess, the holiday-lighted trail, the waterfall hunting. She's always got something going on. She has clinics on fishing and ice fishing. She has hiking and guided things. Go to Bar Lake on the website and their Facebook page and just check them out. You know, they're they're really at 120th Avenue and Tower Road, really, kind of right there, and they're, or they're off I-76. So they're so close to you. And what a great opportunity to get out for a day. It's a day-use park and just have fun. It's open year-round. Check out Bar Lake. And it's just it's your excuse to get outdoors right here close to the Front Range, Colorado. We're going to take a time out. We come back. We're going to switch things up, and we're going to go fly fishing with the folks from Kirk's up in Estes on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented by Jack's Outdoor Gear and 104.3 The Fan. <laughs> The Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go right to the phones. And joining us from Kirk's Fly Shop in Estes is Kirk. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning, Terry. <laughs> uh, what's the weather like? I happen to be in Florida on the beach right now, so I don't know. But what's the weather like up in Estes today? It is really nice today. It's already mid-40s. Yeah, beautiful. You know, uh, I know you have an event coming up. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I think... 
all through the winter, people miss out on some of the best fly fishing in Colorado by putting their fly rods away, don't you think? Oh, I do, for sure. It's fishing great right now. You and I have had some of our best trips. It was 20 below the weekend before one time, and we went out the next weekend. It warmed up. I think it was probably in the high 30s, low 40s, maybe a little cooler. Uh, we still had some ice in the river, of course, and everything, but because of the tailwater effect on the Big Thompson coming down through there, we I think if we didn't want to move, we wouldn't have had to because there were so many fish concentrated in some of those pools. I think the only reason we moved on was just to try a different area. Right. No, it's it's good in the wintertime. The fish kind of pool up in their winter holes, and as long as you know where they're at, they're, you can catch them. What kind of approach do you like to take this time of the year? Um, pretty much I just try to find the the deeper holes, skip all the flat stuff in between, and just hit those main holes and small uh, midges, um, no weight, and just kind of let it sink down and drift drift by them slowly. You, you're a big advocate of no weight, and you just figure it adds something negative to the presentation. It gives you more chances to tangle. So you try to use your flies to weight the line. Is that right? I do. I try to get my, like, a pheasant tail or a Pat's rubber leg, something that'll sink it down, but not having to add split shot makes a big difference, I feel like. And do you have to use different types of tungsten or things like that, or can you get by with just normal flies? Uh, generally, I like a tungsten beaded fly, um, but you can get by with a bead head at this time of year. So sometimes you want a little lighter fly just so it doesn't sink so fast since the flow is kind of slow. I mean, low right now at this time of year. You know, that's a great point. We talk about that in ice fishing, too. Tungsten has been the rage with, you know, tungsten head flies and then with jigs for ice fishing. And people get so caught up in a trend because, oh, they sink faster, they're weighted. There's times when you don't want that. I mean, there's times when I'm ice fishing that I want a lighter jig that just kind of more enticingly sinks down and gives the fish a more time to look at it in the strike zone. Same thing with a fly, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. If, you, if you're sinking and you're getting moths on your fly, you got too much weight. So if you can, you can just kind of go lighter and lighter until you're just barely catching bottom. Right, you're exactly right. Any other things your fly, besides the Big Thompson, are you pretty much done with the park and the Colorado now? Yeah, I mean, uh, the park is all iced up. Um, we did, I did a, do a float last week on the Colorado. It's still open down there, but it's, it can be pretty cold in the canyon. Yeah, so uh, the tailwaters throughout the state are going to be the best fly fishing now through spring probably. Uh, and big time, you know, everybody talks about the Taylor and the Gunnison and the Arkansas, but the Big Thompson's as good at tailwaters anywhere, isn't it? It is. It's great fishing um, down below the dam there. A lot of the fish will move up from the frozen water down below, and you seem like you get more fish there in the wintertime. All right, let's move on. Now, you have an event coming up December 10th. This is an annual event that I will be attending, by the way, Karen, and I will be there. Um, tell people about what's going on December 10th. So from 2 to 5 are kind of the festivity time. We're going to have you and Karen there. We'll have John Gearock there, Steve Schweitzer, John Barr, Rick Takahashi, and Josh Grafham, and many others will be there uh, autographing and time flies. Yeah, and a lot of these people are authors, and you have their books there. And a great Christmas gift is to get one of those books and then have it personally autographed for the person you're giving it to. That always says, hey, I thought about something special for you, doesn't it? Yeah. 
and and these guys really love to talk to you and and, and sign their books. They're, you know, people think sometimes that famous fly fishermen or authors like that are unapproachable, but that's not the case at all, is it? No, no, they just like talking fishing, just like the rest oh, of us. They do, and they're there. And I tell you what, if you just come and hang out for a while, the stories you're going to hear and the banter back and forth. And it's up to you to decipher what's true and what's not, folks. I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> but you got a bunch. You got a bunch of guys here that the fish they've caught over the years have matured greatly and grown over the years. I think, don't you? Oh yeah, the storytelling is going to be going to be really really epic. Now, besides the books and all of us being there to meet and greet and talk to people, you have some sales going on. Tell us about that. Yeah. So um, anybody who comes to the to our open house can get one item at 50% off anything in store and then everything else is 20% off that that day so if I want that fly rod that I've been looking at for years that one that costs a few hundred bucks more than I want it to spend I can get it at 50% off you can you can get any one item wow and then 20% off everything else and tell people about your store and kind of what you stock um, so we have um, Outdoor gear as well, so we have Patagonia clothing, um, backpack and stuff, um, but mostly all fly fishing stuff on top of that. So we got sage rods, Orvis rods, and then uh, Sims waders, Patagonia waders as well. And this is December 10th from 2 to 5. You got it. That's the festivity time. So the sale will go for that whole weekend. So Friday through Sunday, you can come in and get your one item off at half off. Now, tell people where you're located and how they can find more information about you. Uh, we're located in Estes Park, right on Main Street, right across from the, or right next door to the Dairy Queen. Um, you can look us up on at kirksflyshop.com, and our phone number is 970-577-0790. All right. You know what we really have to do is you and I have to get out fishing again. I know. we got to get out there. Maybe we can go this when you come up. Well, we'll see. It's been a while since we've been up. You have to be at the store that weekend. You're not getting, you know what you're trying to do is get out of working at the store so we can go fishing. That's what you you're trying to do. You come a little early, I could probably go. Yeah. <laughs> I have to do a radio show in the morning, so I can't come too early. Um, you know, though, people want to see us fly fishing. There are a lot of videos on the best of fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube. I think we must have done a half a dozen shows together. And we've done a bunch, yeah. Yeah, and, and a bunch of those are right on the Big Thompson. In fact, fishing the Big Thompson right this time of the year, you can watch Kirk and I do it. You know what my favorite time out with you was, though? Remember when we took Mark Mosier, who does the uh, hockey broadcast for the Avalanche now? He yeah. wanted to learn fly fishing. We took him out by uh, Dripping Springs. Or is that what it is, Dripping Springs? That's it. He's good memory. We took, him, we took him out, and he had tried to go with me and Steve Schweitzer, who's going to be at your event December 10th. And we took him to the Gunnison River, and he couldn't handle a fly rod at all. He'd finally get a cast out as we were drifting. And if he did get a strike, the fishing had turned out to be very technical and tough, so it wasn't all his fault. But he did get a lot of takes, but he couldn't manage the line and tighten up the fly to hook him, and he lost them all. So we did that whole drift. And I think I only caught about five fish on that drift, which is unbelievable. And Steve caught only a couple. And so it was tough fishing. But so we said we're going to do it again. So we hooked him up with you, and we went to the Big Thompson. And I remember when we started out and we did the uh, in intro to the show, he's all humble. 
And he's going, yeah, I don't know much about it. And, you know, these guys are the experts, da-da-da. Well, after you put him on about four or five fish and helped him with his technique, he was catching one fish after another. And I remember he turned to the camera and started giving fly fishing tips. (laughs) (laughs) He did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That was a good time, though. Right. Well, those folks, folks, go to the... um, Go to Best Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube and look at some of the shows with Kirk and I. Gosh, we've gone horseback up into the park. We've taken llamas up in the park. We've fished the Big Thompson two or three times. So we've done a number of stuff there. And, Kirk, we will see you December 10th from 2 to 5 for your big open house. So we will see you there. Awesome. See you there. All right. Kirk from Kirk's Fly Shop. We'll take a quick time out and we'll come back. We're going to talk a little shooting sports. Right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, presented in part by Jack's Outdoor Gear on 104.3 The Fan. Let's go to the phones, and joining us from Colorado Clays is J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. Hello, and good morning, Terry. You know, a couple things are going on right now, and I want to talk to you about both of them. One of them is uh, people have people coming in to visit them. And I think we all feel like we get together as a family. We should try to provide those people we see rarely with maybe a little special something, have a little fun, do something different. Colorado Clays wouldn't fit that bill, would it? Hey, Terry, that's just what we do. And, you know, Terry, you're right. The holidays kind of allow us to spend some time with friends and family we may not you know, see during the rest of the year. And one of the traditions amongst many of the people in Colorado is to make a trip to Colorado Clays for some quality time enjoying recreational shooting with those folks. Uh, Totally something different. Great change of pace while they're in town. And you know, Terry, with Colorado Clays being Colorado's premier public shooting facility, open to the public so anyone can come enjoy our facility with no membership required. Um, of course, we also feature the finest state-of-the-art ranges, fields, and courses, so you can enjoy shooting rifles and pistols, as well as shotguns, including trap, you know, skeet, wobble traps, sporting clays. We have beginner areas. We have classes and just so much, much more. But another thing to note, uh, Terry, is that Colorado Clay voted and registered as Colorado's number one outdoor shooting facility. And where I'm going with this is it seems like almost everyone knows somebody who shoots at Colorado Clays. So when you come to enjoy that holiday outing at our facility, remember that every firearms enthusiast's favorite holiday gift is a gift card from Colorado Clays. Uh, and also, while you're here, we have Colorado Clays merchandise, shirts, hats, hoodies, ammo, and much, much more. So remember, it's more than just a one-stop gig. We can definitely take care of some of that uh, holiday shopping while you're here, too. Well, I want to get back to the uh, groups coming out or getting together for the holidays. If I'm coming out because you're public, you don't need the membership or reservations, if there's just two or four or a few of us coming out, we can just come out and... Do our shooting. But if I'm bringing 10 or 15 people, should I make a reservation, or how do I do that? Well, Terry, Colorado Clays can accommodate pretty much any size group. 
The only time we require reservations would be if you needed to rent a firearm or let's say you wanted to run around in a golf cart while you're doing our course. Then we'll reserve those items because they are limited in number. Otherwise, come out to the Colorado Quays, check in at the clubhouse. Uh, we'll find out what you want to do. We'll send you to that appropriate area. Our range officers will go over everything, show you how to use our equipment, and then you can take it from there and shoot as much or little as you want. So it's a real easy process at Colorado Clays. Now, I know you do a lot of fundraisers and corporate events. If I've just got a family outing and there's maybe 15 or 20 of us, can you cater food to that, or do you only do that at certain times? Oh, food catering is definitely um, a reserved or called ahead thing, but there are many of the local restaurants that do and have worked with Colorado Clays. Uh, people are also welcome to bring their own food uh, when they come out. We have plenty of picnic shelters, our clubhouse, and areas to enjoy that. And, of course, Terry, we always offer our grill. So uh, we have a nice big four-foot grill. Bring your own briquettes, and a lot of folks take advantage of that. And we'll just throw on some burgers and brats, sit out on the picnic tables, and make their own lunch. So many, many options for food, uh, for doing you know some shooting and then some eating and then some more shooting, lots of formats. We can make them all happen. Now, I am the worst shopper at Christmas. I hate it. I never know. I want to feel like I'm getting something for people that says I know who you are. And I go to these stores with all the crowds this time of the year and people pushing and shoving. And they don't seem to be in a very good holiday spirit. So buying something like a gift card or merchandise from Colorado Clays is appealing to me because... First of all, I'm going to give it to somebody who I know is a, a, a recreational shooter who enjoys it, whether it's a gift card or merchandise. But second of all, I'm going to avoid those crowds. So how? what is the process to get that gift card? Well, there's a couple options, Terry. Uh, one easy one is walk up to the front desk at Colorado Clays. Tell us how much you want the gift card for. We'll make it right there. You can take it on your way. If you would prefer to have one emailed to you, give us a call. Uh, we can go ahead, build that, take a credit card over the phone, and email that gift card to you. Then you can present that um, as a gift, and they can bring it in and spend it just like cash for anything we do here at Colorado Clays. Very, very easy processes. Okay, now I want to change gears. We were talking waterfall hunting earlier in the year, and the goose, uh, the geese, the goose season, ducks is going into a split here in a couple days in the, the northeast. Other parts of the states like southeast will still be open. But during that split, a lot of people will turn to goose. Um, the geese, uh, both the Canada's and this year an unbelievable number of snow geese are coming down. The goose hunting has been off the charts phenomenal, but a lot of people will switch from upland game or some other type of activity, maybe clays, to all of a sudden take advantage of this great influx of geese. But once you you have to change your shot and your choke a lot of times for geese, they're a big, high-flying, tough bird. Do you find a lot of people run into problems when they do that without checking out their shotgun? Yeah, Terry, and that is a great point. I agree with you, Terry. The waterfowling's been good to most everyone I've spoken to this year. Lots of birds and opportunities. But even when it is game on like it is now, I think most people still like to be as proficient with their firearms as they can, which, of course, in turn leads to efficient, high-percentage, and ethical harvests of that great resource. Um, now, on that note, two things come to mind. 
first, there is no better practice preparation for waterfowl than shooting around a sport like Colorado clays. Our sporting clays course is set in a mature Cottonwood Creek bottom. We have 15 stations simulating a multitude of different shot angles, uh, backdrops, and presentations designed specifically to imitate shots one would encounter in the field. But secondly, Terry, as we've always said, knowing how your gun performs at different distances with different chokes and loads is always the first step in any shotgunning situation, and that's where the Colorado Clay shotgun patterning area really comes in. And I will say the simple appearance of this area can sometimes shroud the true amount of technical data that can be drawn from it. Uh, we've had several avid hunters out here lately testing their combinations, and I see many folks surprised at how different their pattern results are and how different their equipment performs based on simple changes to their chokes and ammo. So I definitely, even if things are going good, um, it's still a good time to come out, see which choke is going to give you the best number of pellets on target at a distance, uh, which ammo performs better with your choke and gun, and use that most efficient load and uh, stay with it. Now, you and I have talked about this almost ad nauseum over the years, but we can't emphasize it enough. If you just change shot or you change your choke, I mean, if you're going from upland game where you maybe have a modified choke, now you need more distance going to a different choke for the, the geese or something. Or even if you just change your shot, it really can affect, in fact, sometimes can take your pellets right off the pattern. Yeah, Terry, and you know, that's one thing I, uh, one of the most astonished looks I get is sometimes these changes are are counterintuitive. So you think, oh, I want a tighter pattern at a longer distance. People will uh, choke tighter and actually blow their patterns out, depending on what type of choke they have. So many of the aftermarket chokes and extended chokes perform so differently with the same load versus your stock choke. Sometimes the more open chokes actually perform better than the tighter ones. The only way that you can confirm uh, that you're getting the best results is just to spend a short session on our pattern area. And, Terry, I always tell people this, too. It's like even if you're in the middle of waterfowling, if you're going to make a trip out, bring some target loads. Bring your target chokes. Bring that turkey tube. Do your turkey patterning. Take advantage of that field while you're on it and uh, just learn so much about your gun and your choke and ammo while you're here anyway so and of course when you're done uh, go to the appropriate field representing whatever you're going to be hunting next to confirm your results so uh, definitely gotta come out to Colorado Clays and spend some time on that pattern area we are out of time how do people find you Give us a call, 303-659-7117, or go to the website, coloradoclays.com, take the virtual tour. Uh, but by all means, Terry, come see us. We're going to be here all year. All right, my friend. We will talk to you in a couple weeks. Thank you, Terry. You bet. J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. We've got to wrap things up. We've got football coming here. We're doing a short show today because it's rivalry week in football. Um, we will be back next week. I believe next week we're only an hour or two, and that's from 9 uh, nine to ten again, when we're going to be broadcasting uh, lots of. We're going to cover more ice fishing. We got to get to it more. It is taking off. We're going to let the Eagles. Well, I want to say thanks to Dante. Thanks to Karen. We got to get out of here. I got to get to the beach. We'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in football on 104.3 The Fan.